You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast with Mark Allred, Court Lalonde, and Rob Tomlin. You can subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Player.fm, SoundCloud.com, and Stitcher Radio. You can help the show financially by going to the blackandgoldhockeyblog.com website and clicking on either the Amazon.com or Fanatics.com banners to the right before shopping online. Now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show! Or fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson, back in front door, shot, scores! Ray Bork. He takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar. The snapshot over to Rossi. It's loose, and Bergeron scores! Patrice Bergeron! Hello, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast for episode 62. Uh, brought to you by the great people at Grandstand Sports Network. Uh, the best view in town um limited freaking conversation going on but we did like we always do try to scratch something together um welcome back rob and and court rob how are you doing i'm doing good buddy how are you great great i mean it's it's the uh weather sucks it's kind of rainy oh, for yeah. a labor day weekend but i'm glad to pass some time away by talking to my favorite friends the best sport well, in the welcome world. Welcome to my life. It's right. rainy where I live all year long, so, yeah. Court, how you doing? I'm good, buddy. Good. Uh, it's raining here as well, uh, so I, I feel your pain, but I did get to go golfing on Friday, so nice. there is a silver lining. You get a nice and you suck at the same time. How's that, bud? Yeah, not a problem. <laughs> um, I got to give a shout-out uh, to my dad today. Yeah, he's... His birthday is today, September 3rd. Um, happy birthday, big guy, and always love you. Um, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd be as passionate and involved in this sport as I am today. So, um, got to give uh, kudos to the big guy. Um, happy birthday, pops! Yeah, yeah, happy birthday. Um, starting off the show with a little bit of history. And it was kind of fitting. It's my dad's birthday, but I, I was just going going through the Twitter um, machine this morning and found out that 51 years ago, this date in Bruins history, 18-year-old Bobby Orr signs his first pro contract in 1966. Wow, isn't that amazing? And if you look at his same team, year, England won the World Cup. <laughs> coincidence i think not right. greatness but uh at, i'm just i'm gonna leave that one alone <laughs> yeah but after winning a called the cup in his first years and two stanley cups and eight norris trophies in 10 years of service with the boston bruins uh gotta makes you think what if there wasn't a bobby or what how do you think the game would have would evolve, would have evolved to today any change uh, or 
I, I think it'd still be the same, but it'd have it'd have looked a lot different at the time. Right. Yeah. I don't think you'd have seen. I, I think you'd see a a lot less offensive defensemen now, because if you ask them who they looked up to, well, not today as much, but in the last ten years, uh, a lot of people will say like, oh, the uh, the offensive defensemen love Bobby Orr, so, and everyone always says it's a proud moment when they get, they say they got a little Bobby Orr in them. So, I'd love to have seen him play. Yeah, me too. I definitely would have loved that. But he he, he definitely paved the way for the growth in this area where I live um, with the rink building and so on. So, he's he's much more of an icon, uh, not only on the ice, but off the ice in this this immediate area. But I just thought it was kind of cool that, you know, on this date in history, and we happen to be getting together to talk on the podcast, so I thought it was fitting to bring up. Um, it's a very good bit of trivia. Oh, yeah. Well, so, rookie camp starts up this week on Thursday, I've, and it's uh, a one-day event. If I'm, if I'm reading what the, um, the Bruins website is, uh, has posted, that it's going to start on Thursday... Uh, at the Warrior Ice Arena in, in Brighton, Mass. And I think after that, they're leaving for Buffalo for the Prospect Challenge um, to participate in that, which they play, obviously, the Sabres, uh, the New Jersey Devils, and this year they're bringing in Pittsburgh. So that should be some exciting stuff. Uh, they released the um, the rosters um, the other day, and there's, uh, some, there's a... Some good talent. Have you guys seen had a chance to see this at all? No, but from what I can understand, the Devils have what is quite a good prospect pool now. So, um, but with with the Bruins prospects, I expect them to do quite a bit out there. Yeah, I, I'm thinking the same as Rob. The uh, the Bruins prospect team could probably beat Providence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I said it. I'm not taking it back. <laughs> uh, uh, this year's crop of forwards that will be going to Buffalo are Anders Bjork, uh, Camp Invite, Sean Bjorden, uh, Jake DeBrusque, Ryan Fitzgerald, JFK, Jesse Gabriel, Alex Gasek, um, James Hamlin. Those, these guys that are off, off names are uh, Camp Invites. Danton Heinen, Justin Hickman, Una Companion. Uh, Sean Corrali, Cedric Pire, Zach Senishin, Oscar Steen, and Jack Studnika. I want to touch on Jack Studnika real quick, um, so remind me if I forget. Uh, defenseman uh, Victor Berglund, uh, Connor Clifton, Camp Invite, Matt Grizzlick, Owen Hendrick, Camp Invite, Emil Johansson, Jamie Lawson, Charlie McAvoy, Rob Aguera, uh Ethan Stanwich, and Jakub Borrell. Um, so, so pretty much the Providence Bruins minus yeah, pretty much <laughs> minus the career and AHLers and uh, Subban. Yeah. But here's a little. And bit... I, sorry, I was just gonna say uh, I know from, from what I'd seen on Twitter there were a lot of people saying then why is Eurovacanian not playing and uh, Donato and stuff, but that's I'm sure that's because they have 
obligations to their pro teams. Is that right? Uh, I don't believe Donato is signed. No, no, he. But he, he's yeah back at university, so it'll yeah, be so he could, that team. Any any participation from NCAA in any of these uh, prospect challenges, rookie camp or main training camp, they will forfeit their um, college scholarship, so they yeah, cannot so attend. And back that's why you don't is, see. That's why you don't see or hear from like Trent Frederick or Cameron Hughes or anybody like that. Yeah. And Bakanainen is playing off in Europe, which right. exactly. is fine. Exactly. Like last time I checked, Austin Matthews played in the Swedish Elite League, and it's kind of pretty good. I hate saying it, but it's true. Yeah. Well, it's, it, he's playing against like Men. people of all ages, so yeah. it's only going to make him a better player in the future. Yeah, it's better hockey. Yeah. Um. The goaltending is um, is interesting this year. Um, there's no Bruins prospects. There are two camp invites, uh, Kyle Kieser and Luke Richardson. Um, I have no idea on any of these guys, but have recently found out that uh, Dan Vladar, who was scheduled to be there, is not going to attend due to a lower body injury that is somewhat healed, but they had taken this as precaution. So... I'm assuming that he'll AKA be... Groin. Uh, AKA maybe, Groin. Possibly. Um, so that, that that could change things going into camp, especially rookie camp and training camp, because you know he's going to be a part of it. But uh, how much participation is, it remains to be seen. But I will be there. Uh, I'm going to try to get this Thursday off to be in attendance and then... Um, the rookie camp basically entitles the prospect challenge too, so it's all going to be one. So, uh, if there's any streams available, I'll definitely get them out. If you guys follow me on Twitter and so on, so uh, that's exciting news. Uh, Jack Stanika, I just wanted to bring up that he was um, a draft pick in 2017 in, in June uh, from the, the uh, draft in Chicago, and um, he he was uh, named captain of the Oshawa Generals, um, I think two, two days ago, two or three days ago. So um, got to give a shout-out to him. Uh, he's, I've been watching a lot of video and talking to um, a, a, um, a few, uh, I, I, we consider them scouts in the Ontario area that have been watching. So um, they, they've said good things about him. You know, they said that... Um, he, his production wasn't so great last year with 18 goals, but this year he could take on a bigger role and uh, possibly double his point total. So um, that's some exciting. Yeah, well, well, look at a guy like Sinition who, I mean, playing third or fourth line role, they spotted some good goals for him from depth and uh, got him in the first round. And then Jackson Nika, like they've seen that his numbers dipped a bit, but Going back, he's he's got two more years. Yes, he's. I think he's going to do great. Captain of the team, good playmaking center. Uh, we definitely need some center depth in the future. So absolutely, I, th- I uh, think for the guy being made captain as well, it gives him even more, like even more experience. Can come in, and be part of the Providence Bruins in two years' time, and have some experience under him of being a captain and dealing with younger players. Yeah, I don't disagree. I'm uh, I'm going to go check him out uh, for a couple games this year and see what he's got to offer. Um, 
I'm guessing he wasn't uh, a top-line center last year in Oshawa. Hey, and going back to your Bobby Orr thing, that, that's where Bobby Orr played junior hockey. He did, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, you, you need to get us some uh, some signatures while you're out there and ask him if he wants to come on the show. <laughs> exactly. I'll try. That'd be kind of cool to have a prospect on. I bet you can get him on yeah. a lot more easier than a, than going through a pro player's um, entourage, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. That would be good. So, with um, rookie camp starting uh, this week, main camp starts on the 14th, and that is definitely going to be a four-day event uh, starting on Thursday the 14th, going to Sunday, and then uh, Monday – they play their first um, preseason game up in um, uh, it's I, I it's in Quebec City. I just don't remember the uh, the name of the arena. Has anybody else got it? Uh, no idea. Do you mean the one that they just built? Yeah, thinking the brand they were new one. The expansion. Exactly. Yeah, no idea what it's called. Yeah, I totally forgot. But uh, that's where the first game's being played. So um, the the uh, event. The training camp event at the Warrior Ice Arena is definitely open to the public, and you should check it out. I will be there again, so uh, definitely looking forward to that. Um, oh, you know what I did want to bring up was uh, we, we I did launch a fantasy hockey league. Um, so, obviously, uh, if anybody's a patron and, and donates to the show... They have first access to a spot, but if you'd like to get on, I'm going to set the Patreon um, uh, list. I'm going to set a date that it's going to cut off, and then I'm going to allow listeners to come on because I want to give the option to the paying people first. So uh, it's through Yahoo. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a decent sized roster. Um, nothing crazy, but definitely going to do the draft. Rob, are you interested? Yeah, definitely. All right. Are, would you be able to do like a Saturday afternoon draft? Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna schedule it for like almost four weeks. So once we get a little closer that's... to the season, I didn't want to do it yeah, too early awesome. with injuries and so on. So once we get like three, two or three, three or four days before the season starts, I wanted to launch it. So just wait till an Englishman beats all you. I'm more Americans. afraid of court, believe it oh. or not. This guy is talking so much trash. Uh, he's like, really good at fantasy hockey. I'm, I don't know. I'm in Boston here going, geez, I don't know. I've been doing my fantasy football league this year, <laughs> and I'm not joking. I sat down for about five hours and went through stats and everything. Nice. Just to, yeah, it, it will get competitive. Nice. It always does. Uh, hey, I'm just in it for fun. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's what they all say. I'm going to have to like place a uh, friendly wager with you. I wish I could send a beer over the border. <laughs> well, uh, ours are stronger down here, so ah. maybe it's the way around. <laughs> there it is. The kick to the nads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ours are even stronger over here. So, I know. I'd rather a glass of scotch, to be totally honest with you. So, well, yeah, yeah, it'd be oh. nice. Yeah, I like a good, I like a good whiskey. I like the Crown Royal. It's pretty good. I'll I'll bring you all some over when I come on. Yeah, go to the uh, Islay Islands there for me, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> appreciate it. 
<laughs> so um, we need to. Um, I, I was just going to say. Um, I, I know I'd talked to you about it, and I thought I'd talk to you on the show about it as well. Um, my three people that I think are in desperate need of having the best season in their careers. That's oh, let's let's do it. Talk about it, brother. This is so. The three guys I think need the best season so far. Uh, Tory Krug needs to prove that he is the number one defenseman of the Boston Bruins, as the article from the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Uh, yep, the Black yeah. and Gold Hockey Pop. Yeah, I can't even speak. Yeah, Sorry. well, uh, then there's Tory Krug, Matt Bolesky, and Ryan Spooner, and I think all three of them are going to have just insane seasons this year and if you look at last year all three of them were trying to be more defensive under Claude Julian and play a better two-way game and they've all been criticised for the two-way game and then as soon as we turned to Cassidy and the offence started those three guys could be really dangerous next year Yeah. yeah you look at Krug who uh had his best point total ever, but he had his worst plus minus, the minus yeah. 10 last year. And I, I think they just, they were getting forced too much to, to play a two-way game and kind of shy away from like what got them to the NHL. And I think if they, uh, if they play to the, the things that brought them there, then they're going to have a great season. I mean, I could see Matt Bolesky playing on the second line alongside... Krejci and Pasternak. I mean, he brings that big body that they need. He goes to the net. Why not stick him there? Give him some consistent line mates who put up points and see what he does. He, well, he, was, ti- he was tied down last year. He had Ryan Spooner who was struggling to get points but was the only one on that line getting points. And he had Jimmy Hayes, the buyout man. Like, that line was just awful last season and everyone was calling for all three of them to be demoted to the AHL at one point. Yeah, the, uh, well, oh, sorry. I, I just want to say, have you already had a glass of scotch? Because discussing Bolesky on the second line, that's some scary talk. <laughs> yeah, but who do you put there other than that? Well, try one of the kids out first and see what happens. I'd hey, rather if, look if Spooner, if Spooner wants to stay on this hockey club, he's going to have to learn how to play the way. Yeah, that, I agree with that, and I, that's why I think Forsbacker Carlson will play the center on the third line, and then you'll have Spooner out on the right wing. Yeah, My and... idea for the third line would be Forsbacker Carlson in the center, Anders Bjork on the left, and Ryan Spooner on the right. He plays there on the power play and plays a good game, so why not stick him out there? He does too. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Point. And he can pass the puck well. He, I could see him being uh, good in the corners, and whenever we put him on wing, he just hasn't been with the right, the right caliber for him. He he's a speed game and passes the puck, and then when you when they tried him out with Bergeron, well, it's the same thing that happened with Pasternak. Marshan has turned into a puck puck carrier. You don't need two guys that are going to carry the puck and try and set up the play. Yeah, you don't need yeah. two guys like that on the on the line. So Bergeron likes to set up the play, and Marshawn likes playing with the puck. Like Pasternak works when they have to put him on that line because he plays with the puck. Bergeron 
he's looking out. He's got the vision on the ice. He's 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 controlling the play. He's technically the quarterback on the line. But Spooner tries to play that role. Put him on a line where he is the smartest guy in the line. Not the best guy on the ice, but the smartest guy in the line. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you got to give it to Spoon and his vision and and his and the quickness of his passes. He definitely makes a it makes it happen. I did, I consistency is going to be his his big thing this year, and he's 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 got an audition. If he wants to stay with this Boston Bruins team, this is his year to prove it. And and I believe that if he doesn't, I hope to believe that if he doesn't, they don't keep hanging on to him and waiting for him in that perfect opportunity like they've done so many times in the past, i.e. Jordan Caron. Um, and and the yeah. rest of the nonsense that's been drafted in the past, but you know when you talk do you, about do you think about it as well? The weird thing is the Habs and the Bruins have two sim- very identical problems with Alex Galchenyuk and Ryan Spooner, where both aren't that great on the face-off dot, struggle as a centerman, and you stick them out on the wing and they don't produce right. And I think that's crazy that two heated rivals like the Bruins and the Habs have exactly the same problem with two of their rookies. Well, I won't call them rookies anymore, but it's just a weird coincidence. When you were talking about Bolesky, um, what what about his audition with the Bruins and and how big of a year it's going to be? Because you still can't move him, and he's got three full seasons left. Well, I mean, you can move him, but he's going to have to be very tempted to want to wave. Well, he's, I know in his recent interviews, they were saying he's lost, I think it's 10 pounds in weight. Uh, he's been working on his skating all off-season. I saw uh, he that. Stayed in, yeah, stayed in Boston all off-season. Yeah, I, I think he had three weeks off to go home and then the rest of the time he's been in Boston yeah, I, I, so I've it proves actually, that he wants to be here I've seen it in my own eyes I've, uh, right before development camp uh, and that was the beginning of July he was working with uh, with Marchand and, and a couple other players so he's definitely been around and working hard so uh, it, it's. I hope he has a great season I hope he actually you know, fulfills this contract in, on a positive note but after last yeah. year and the year before, it was kind of... Well, the year before wasn't that bad. No, like, it wasn't bad he, at all. He, yeah. he did exactly what... If you look at it, the highest goal totals he's ever got it's is... 22, right? Yeah, 22 points. 22, 22 assists, 15, 15 goals. But he got 22 goals in the, that one year in Anaheim. With, but yeah. he got more points his first year in Boston. He just has only technically had one bad year in Boston. He's a third line, fourth line guy for me. If he gets me thirty-seven points every year, oh, I'm pretty happy with that yeah, contract. Absolutely. But you know, last year he played forty-nine games. He's minus ten. He also played on a line with you know our favorite whooping boy Jimmy Hayes. We've got to figure out a new one this year. But he he was he was bounced <laughs> around and he was hurt. It just didn't work out for him. Yeah, and, and the reason I said put him on that second line was with. With Krejci and Pasternak both being playmaking guys and they're not known as physical players, um, you need someone to go in there and dig in in the corners. If you're going to play a fast, like, carry-the-puck game where the the puck is going to get knocked into the zone and you're going to have to fight that puck out, and I don't see Krejci and uh, Pasta being that type of player, and I don't think Anders Bjork really is. So... 
I mean, you take Bjork off the wing and put Boleski in there, he's going to dig the pucks out. And he does an amazing job of getting the puck back and then just skating it straight to the net. And that's where Krejci will come up trumps because if he hangs around the goal mouth like he has been doing, he can just bury pucks like it's nothing. So I just think, to be honest, Boleski is my guy for that second-line spot, definitely, over any of the kids. So I got a question for you guys. When you're talking about, I know you brought, you got involved in your in your uh, in your speech, Rob, about net front presence, uh, you know, or getting to the net. How do you yeah. guys feel about Bacchus and his role after a full season in Boston? I, I it, it, I'll I'll just jump right. I think he's going to have a better year. I'm not sure if it's going to be whether in points or his overall um, noticeability on the ice. I think he's going to have a better year. Yeah, I, I think he will have a better year. I, I hope there's no injury to a Bergeron this year like there was last year. Um, I, I hope he can dig in on that first line and play a good role on the wing. But I think he did everything right last year for what he was brought here for he was all around the front of the net all the time maybe he didn't put up the points to show it but if you watch all the game tape on him he was always first to the front of the net and always hanging around the side of the net so I think he did a great job yeah you know from talking to me before I I was a a fan of Bacchus on that top line on the right wing um you know, if you look at what happened to the guy, he played a lot of different positions all year round. Uh, at the beginning of the year, he was the fill-in when Bergeron was down. Uh, he was the fill-in when any pretty much any centerman went down. He actually played well at the beginning of the season, but when you have the guy bounce around and doesn't know his role on the team, he's also new to the team, if you remember. He's, he was the captain of the St. Louis Blues, and when he came over to Boston, he had to he wasn't the man anymore. And that, that can take a lot from a guy. It has to rethink how he... His routine, especially for veterans, I I feel that is, he should be on that top line on the right side um, with Pasternak on the second line with Krejci. And I think he's going to do great on that line with Bergeron and uh, Marchand for a whole season. I think especially because he goes in the board. corner. Yeah. I think we're all on board. I like him. A, I like what he brings to the table. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I'm not looking for him to pump a lot of goals i'm looking for him just to be be in front of the net and screen goalies yeah yeah didn't didn't he wear the alternate captain yeah on away games as well yes he did yeah because creature wears it at home and then yeah. he wears it on the road see that that's a big thing as well especially when they were losing home games uh and then win away games at the beginning of the season it just proves what kind of a guy he is he must be Pumping the guys up, getting them ready to go. So, yeah, I think another year in Boston is going to be a little more comfortable, and um, you know, and then going more into this contract, which was it was a questionable one. I'll, I'll, it's granted, but um, I just hope he gets a little more comfortable. It just looked like he wasn't like fully. He was putting in a hundred percent, but you could, you know, I, I don't know, his body language is just. More or less that he's still trying to fit in and so on, you know, if, if that makes any sense. But yeah, but at the same time, the Bruins signing him on that contract stopped another team who was desperate for a captain getting a guy like Bacchus. Right. 
which may, especially if it's within the conference as well, that that's a big deal. So, but going on to Tory Krug, I, I I totally agree with the article. I really think he is the Bruins' number one defenseman. By I think way, he had an amazing year last year. By the way, I just want to quickly plug that it was a black and gold hockey blog dot com, and it was uh, by new writer. Uh, Bob uh, Mand, you can follow him at Hockey Mand on Twitter. Uh, he, yeah, he did a great job and definitely um, showed that he can. He's got some writing skills for this site, so we're we're very happy to have him aboard and a couple of the new writers that I'm training right now. So we got ten now. That's crazy. We got ten, and so. I, I did try to plug it, but all I did was plug my mouth. So, <laughs> oh <yeah>. wow, <laughs> I don't do well on the uh, the old talking front. <laughs> That's my bad. No problem. That's for me being English. No problem. Um, no, but I, I really think like with this this style of play, like Cassidy brings to the table. If you give Krug a stable partner like Carlo. For instance, I mean, he can do great things. If you look at some of the goals he scored and how like how close to the net he was on some of them, some of them he looked like he was the winger because he cut in at the right time and got straight to the front of the net and put the puck in. Uh, a lot of people knock him for his shot and say that he always rattles the backboards and blah blah blah. But I think with this offensive style, he's really going to create some really good space for players to be able to do what they want to do. So, And also, if my prediction will be correct, I think that Krug is going to be playing with McAvoy, and it's going to be disgusting how nice the passes are going to go back and forth oh, between yeah. them and the offense they're going to generate. Plus, McAvoy plays a decent two-way game. We all saw it in the World Juniors. Maybe Krug can learn from McAvoy. Yeah. That's a hell of a role reversal there, but... Uh, well, what, I, I, I adjusted, adjusted today's game, right? Yeah, like I don't think McAvoy would benefit at all from playing from Char. Like he said a lot of great things about playing with him. Why wouldn't you? Char's, you know, a future Hall of Famer. Right. But I still think Carlo would benefit more playing with, with Char. And I think that Krug and McAvoy would be a killer one-two punch. Especially and offensively. This year, yeah, this year they be our second second pair, but next year they'd be the first pairing defense. Yeah. And Potential. did anyone see the recent interview with uh, McAvoy? He looks like he's lost a lot of that puppy fat that he had. Oh, he's probably um, building so much muscle right now. That kid is He looks stacked. huge. He's yeah. stacked. That guy looks huge. Can't... I would hate to take a check off him. <laughs> just just from the just from the uh, the hits that he was rattling when he was playing for the uh, uh, Team USA World Juniors. Man, I mean, it, it 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 hurt these old bones from sitting in here in Boston. Yeah, I mean, look at how physical he was in his first playoff games. Right, and they right. were his first professional games, and he was throwing his body about everywhere. And like like Court said, I mean, he was going in the offensive zone. Any time the puck got given up, he the fastest skater on the ice. Him and Krug together, two of the best skating defensemen. Like. It'll just be unreal to watch. Like I know they both won't be the biggest guys out there, but they'll yeah. be so effective. Oh yeah, they're both bulldogs as well. They'll yeah. both go into the corners and do the dirty work. So and they both can be a weapon. Like 
if you're if you're the wingers or the centermen trying to cover the point uh, when the puck goes back there, it's going to be a hard time because you know McAvoy could just throw it over to Krug or back and forth. You you got two two weapons up there. Imagine them happen to be out there with the Bergeron line up front or even the the Krejci line. It's 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 scary. And then you have the shutdown first pairing of um, Chara and, and Carlo, and yeah. then you have the it it's it's nice to nice to see, and I hope I see it. And they they're definitely going to limit that that first line's minutes this season because they even said Carlo played way too much last year, mm-hmm. um, and then Chara always plays way too much. But then when McAvoy came in the playoffs, twenty six minutes a game, yeah, that's crazy. And he didn't even look like out of place at the end of the game. He didn't look tired. That was unreal. And then so, you got to have. The third pair of uh, McQuaid and Miller that are just going to kick the living crap out of everybody. Oh, yeah. You don't want to be on the ice and then two guys together. No, it's going to be awesome. Like, I've been seeing all over the social media people trashing the Bruins defense. I think people are underestimating the addition of McAvoy and one more year of Carlo on how much better the defense is going to be. Now, now, here's here's my question to my, my friends. You guys are pumping this defense up really good, and I like what I hear. But that's defensive. That's a defensive game. Do you guys believe that they've gotten better or they can? I, I know they can get better. But with the additions of a young McAvoy, um, a Krug that definitely has mobility, do you see that rubbing off on this team completely to get the transition possession numbers better? Because they the giveaways and and just not playing that type of defensive offensive game if you guys can follow yeah well i i think like i said if they limit the first line's minutes which they will do char only makes the bad passes when he's been out there for like three minutes sure um carlo has really good passing ability for a defensive type of defenseman uh, like a stay-at-home guy, he can thread a pass pretty well. Uh, and like Court said with that second pairing, they can pass it between each other, open up the forwards on the forecheck and just nail a blue line pass like it's nothing. Uh, I think the only sketchy pairing that you've got moving the puck would be the bottom pairing. And, yeah. I mean, Kevin Miller's a pretty good passer. He proved uh, that he was yeah, one of our I, best defensemen against Ottawa. Yeah, and I think it's just Adam McQuaid you've got to worry about with that. But with a guy like Miller on his line, he can give the puck to Miller just to move the puck up like he did with Tory Krug. So I, I'm not too worried about the turnovers. I think the worst thing is if the forwards start playing too high and expecting like blue line passes. But if the but, forwards start having faith, in their defenseman, because yeah. last year they was just, you know, they dropped like flies every two seconds. Fords yeah. were all playing different positions. We are going into camp healthy. Doesn't mean we're going to stay healthy, but we're obviously going to have more speed up there with some of the youth up on forward. I, I, I love the, what was the, uh, the, uh, the article in the um, uh, Sportsnet? Was it Sportsnet or the score who said Boston wasn't going to make the playoffs? The score. Oh, that was, yeah. The score. And they were they were talking first, I believe they said sketchy goaltending, no injury prone to Karask, which is a laugh. Um, and then they were talking about how 
they, they didn't have the offense or the defense. And I'm like, I, I, I don't understand. We have Pasternak, Marchand, Bergeron, Krejci. So four, four lethal weapons up front. And then you have Tori Krug, who played amazing last year. You have Char Still. It's going to be one more year, but the guy is just a beast. He proves it every year. And then you have Carlo McAvoy. Your, your top four D are decent. Yeah, I just, really I, good. Yeah, yeah, like I just don't get it. Like if you look at Nashville, Nashville built from the back end, and that's exactly what Boston's doing. Oh, it's so sick. That's how you with so with the new salary cap area era. That's how you win championships is defense. Yeah, yeah. and that's what the Boston Bruins are doing. And I think it was Mark that shared a post before that, so um, or it might have been Newcourt. Um, Tukaras leads the NHL in the last two seasons with shutouts. Yeah, um, was it fifteen? No, uh, 12, I think. Uh, And, I mean, that comes from good defence as well. And, I mean, we've had a sketchy defence core for the past couple of years. Uh, Now I think it's going to be even better. And I don't think... I I still think you'll see the Raskaters out there, but I think you'll see it come a bit more together with the, the whole faith in the youth movement. Mm-hmm. I think there'll be a lot more fans that are kind of understanding of little lapses, but it's always hard to tell what will happen. Yeah, it's a new year. You know, the preseason hasn't even started yet. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of expectations um, going through my head, and, and, and I know many in Bruins Nation the same thing on how much better this team can be from not making many moves, but. Um, I wanted to take the opportunity to uh, take care of our uh, What You Brew in Mailbag uh, question of the week, and, and it's from our buddy Hollis. Um, and if you, want to be, uh, um, if you want to get on the question of the week, you can always uh, go to patreon.com and, and, and donate and get in on that because it's fun. And you also have the, uh, the ability to get on the uh, fa- Fantasy Hockey uh, League, so... Uh, Hollis asked, um, what should Bruins fans expect from Bruce Cassidy this season in terms of uh, coaching style and strategy? Ooh. Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say this is the first time in a long time you're going to see a speed and skill all four lines Bruins team. And I think... They're going to focus on just carrying the puck in, using the skills to the best of their ability, and just racking up as many goals in a game as possible and just putting it out of the park early on. I'm hoping they become a team who scores early on and can keep the lead because we struggled with that over the past few years. Well, from what I saw, and I'm sure we all saw, but for the games he did coach at the end of the year, he... People think that he plays the youth more. He actually didn't. He played he played the youth less and played the veterans more. But it's the way he played. I from what I saw, I found the, sh- the shifts were shorter for every for every line. He was rolling the lines a lot quicker, which was allowing veterans like you know the Bergerons and the Bergerons of the world to get back out on the ice quicker. Um, they get some more ice time, but it, it, it you're getting quality ice time from each player. Um, I still have my doubts. Um, about you know the Anders Bjork and the uh, the JFKs of the world giving a big impact this year, but I still think 
with Cassidy in, in place and being able to pick his lines and not just putting together lines at the end of the year, they're going to be a more cohesive unit. They're all going to be playing together better. And it's just the confidence because if you look at the record from when we had him um, at the end of last season, he was one of the best coaches in the league record-wise. So I expect big things, but when we were talking about the rookies, I don't expect as much as everybody seems to be expecting from them, but I do from McAvoy. I... I am thinking that um, even though Bruce Cassidy was with the team uh, in in uh, training camp last season and came up under uh, Julian uh, as his assistant coach, and then the, obviously the transition in the uh, towards the end of the year of coaching, I think this team's gonna like um, cohere a little better. You know what I mean? I think they're gonna they have a, they have something in place. I think they can see that the the youth movement is coming and it's gonna be good. I I, I believe in these kids. I know it's a crapshoot all the time, but uh, maybe I pay too much attention to these damn kids that I have so much expectations from them. But he's the type of coach that can definitely get into their heads, um, get some consistency, and and be be the true leader behind the bench. Um, and I believe Kevin Dean, uh, coming up too, and alongside him as an assistant coach is another huge move for this, uh, for this organization in the preparation of that youth movement. So this is going to be a big year. It's going to be a big test for the organization and, uh, Bruce Cassidy as a person, because, um, to me, yeah, he had a great stretch when, um, when Julian was fired and he took over. But I want to see what happens and how he takes hold of this, the bench, up and down when um, things can go rough. So, And I think I've seen a couple times on the bench that he can be very um, you know, aggressive and to get his point across. So I want to see a full year before I actually buy into a long term. But I, I, I have positive expectations for the year uh, to be competitive. Um, I'm not sure about the playoffs. Um, I definitely want to see them get into the first round and hope for a second round appearance, but I cannot look at paper and say, this is a Stanley Cup winning team and they're going to make a huge run for it. Not right now. So. Yeah, no, I, I'm not expecting a, a parade um, anytime soon. It's just but, too, uh, to me, it's too early in the, in the retooling, yeah. rebuilding process to actually let it sink into me that this is it. And I can appreciate when people say that every year because they're awesome fans and they believe in the team and so on. But and when it comes down to realistic expectations, it's just it's not there for me. This is my opinion. So. Yeah, well, you look at the forward core, and I mean, there's no locking position for anyone other than Marshan Bergeron, Krejci, and Pasternak, and David Backus. They're the they're the top six. Everyone else is just. You don't know whether they're a third liner or a fourth liner. I mean, you don't win a championship with a team like that. Um, and until we see guys that were like, oh, yeah, he's pushing for second line minutes, but for now he's a third liner. Until you get that type of guy, then it, it's not ready yet. Uh, they, they just need to build up. 
four like four or five years down the line we'll be contending every year and we'll have young guys that are below 25 and playing amazing and we'll still have veterans on the team it'll it'll be fine but for now just as long as they stay competitive and push for a playoff run doesn't have to go deep even that first round exit look at what McAvoy got out of the six games that he played I mean yeah. I thought that, awesome. that's yeah that's that's better than anything is being able to give these young guys like a little taste of it and saying right next year we'll go at them harder mm-hmm. I know the mistakes I made this is what I've got to do whereas it like Pasternak how, how many playoffs did he miss because we didn't reach it. And he could have been even better than he is now if he'd played a few playoff series. So, Well, well, he might have cost us like $10 million a year. Let's, let's well, not, yeah, but we, <laughs> we well, still drive the bargaining gonna, chip up, huh? Yeah. <laughs> we don't know what he's going to cost us yet anyway. He might cost us $10 million a year. Oh, <laughs> Who knows yet? Uh... I I don't know I don't know I'm 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 having a hard time dealing with these. The it seems like every day the price is going up to like him making McDavid money and I don't know just. And then you hear some some of the writers out there that are saying that they're only offering him uh, six million six point five whatever and it's like some people say it's a slap in the face. I mean I don't know I I mean. He had one good year, and I respect that. And I and and he definitely did uh, work hard over last summer to bulk up in size and be pre- more prepared as a player along the boards and in front of the net than he ever was in the previous year or two that he was with the organization. So, I mean, his growth has definitely progressed, and his game has become an absolute amazing thing to see. But it's only one year. Yeah. So and people that are, people that are saying why is the contract not done and blah 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 blah. I mean, if you look at David Pasternak's training routine over the summer, it it's unreal. Yeah. Like if you look at a list of what he did last summer on a daily basis, no wonder they haven't signed him yet because he's got no time to be having meetings with his agent every day. And like he went out out to China but he wasn't going to go out to China do all that stuff and then in the afternoon sit down with his agent for five hours and negotiate, the guy needs right. some time off from hockey uh, and I, I totally believe it'll get done around training camp when he's actually in Boston he gets to sit down with Don Sweeney and tell him what he actually wants but until that time that he's sat down in the TD garden with them who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, um, I I think that's about it. What do you guys think? Yeah, it was a good talk to say. There's been absolutely no news this yeah. this week. Yeah. We try exactly. to scratch. We try to scratch something together. Just you know, we'll we'll talk. We'll get a. Oh, decent... we we can always talk at least an hour of hockey. Oh, easily. Don't <laughs> you worry about it. <laughs> I I um I got some good news. For the show, um, we are in the uh, process of um, getting on iHeartRadio, which I think would be a huge um, step for us in, in the listenership. So, um, my con- the application is being um, reviewed right now, and hope to hear something soon. So, that's another another huge uh, 
platform for us to uh, broadcast on. So should be exciting. Um, you can also yeah. uh, find us on Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Grandstand Sports uh, Network, uh, Player.fm, SoundCloud.com, Stitcher Radio, and soon iHeartRadio. So um, look forward to uh, getting closer. And, and actually, um, next week I'll be able to tell you if if the experience happens of um, uh, rookie camp and who stood in, stood out. If I can get the day off, so. Oh, yeah. um, I'm sure you will. You're always getting days off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I do have a cool boss and, and, and the company I work for are very uh, lenient when it comes down to um, the events that happen around the Bruins during the summer. So I appreciate that from them. So, And I like it. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan, but I'm also there to get some work done and play our evaluation. So maybe talk to a parent yeah, or well, two. What is it now, 32 days till hockey starts yep yeah it's oh. so close we're just ramping up to an unbelievable um season so stick yeah. a board, stick around we got some odd um some technical things we're gonna do some up you know upgrades to the program so it's gonna be fun and uh i can't wait and i feel like i'm beating a dead horse but uh once again um if you want to uh rate us on uh itunes on the podcast section That'd be uh, greatly appreciated. I've said it over and over again. I haven't seen any new ones, but, you know, I'm expecting them. Definitely. Please. It helps us uh, in our growth. So, Yeah, and any feedback on how we can do anything better in the listeners' eyes is uh, another great thing yep. to ask. You so. can listen to the lovely lady's voice at the end of the show, and she'll tell you um, where uh, the email address if you want to get in touch with us, email. And that's also an area, too, if you want to sign up for the fantasy hockey. So uh, definitely jump on that if you'd like to be a board. It's a 14-team league, so um, if we don't get enough, we'll definitely bring the number down, make it a little more easier to draft some superstars. So Yeah. All right, guys, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it. We appreciate Grandstand Sports Network for having us, and we will definitely be back next week, getting one week closer to everything happening. And... Uh, we're excited, so thank you again, and take care. Thanks for tuning in to this week's show. You can follow the guys on Twitter at Black and Gold 277 at Court Lalonde, and at Rob40Bruins. You can also send us an email to the show's account at blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com.